Welcome everyone to Snippet Sports Science, your weekly podcast of applied sports science knowledge, proudly brought to you by EliteForm.com. I'm Chris Cavillio, joined today by Jared Coleman-Stark. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Chris. How are you today? Very well, thank you. We're going to delve into the world of the bench press, and in particular the effects of variation of the bench press exercises on the EMG activity of five different shoulder muscles. This paper is actually by the group by Barnett out of the University of Queensland in Brisbane. Very nice, and thank goodness for a bench press study. I think we should just do a bench press podcast. It's just, I don't think anyone needs any other information, do they? No. All you need to know is you should bench. And as we know, everyone asks, what's your bench press PR? So right. no one cares about what you do for a chin-up. Uh, I reckon, you know, if someone lifts, they might ask you what you squat or what you deadlift. But other than that, there's only one exercise, really. That's exactly right. This study really revolves around, I guess, a lot of scientific, but also yet of anecdotal evidence about which bench press, whether you use an incline, decline, or flat, whether your arms are close or wide. And I think there's some truth out there, but there's also some misconceptions. And this is just a really clean study in terms of looking at the different muscle activations. So when you look at what's currently out there at the moment, potentially people are believing that during the decline press, the sternocostal head is preferentially activated, whereas some weight trainers claim that the lat dorsi is active during the decline press. I definitely know with some of my own work with athletes that people with shoulder injuries have tended to really enjoy the decline press in particular. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you have any sort of shoulder instability, your most vulnerable position is typically that abducted, externally rotated position, sort of the the high five position, if you will. And so obviously the decline is relative to that would be the most protected. And when you look at the variation in hand spacing, traditionally we go from a wider grip where we tend to think that requires more activity in the pec major muscles, whereas the narrow grip activates more the triceps brachies. So in the track and field world, a discus thrower would tend to use a much wider grip, whereas a shot putter would want to increase their contribution of the triceps and and the putting action. Therefore, they would utilize a more narrow grip type grip. Right. And there's also a little bit of discussion around what is narrow versus conventional versus a wide grip exercise. And as well, there's other reasons for using a different grip width. For example, as you go to a wider grip, your movement distance is actually decreased. That's the reason why we see in powerlifting to use a wider grip is actually because you have to move the barbell less far. Whereas for an athlete who's throwing with largest range of motion and more interested in greater velocity as opposed to greatest force such as a powerlifter, they might be more inclined to use a narrow grip so that they can get that faster velocity over a greater range of motion. So therefore, the purpose of this study was to examine the EMG activity of five different muscles around the shoulder joint during different conditions of double-handed barbell press, looking at different trunk inclinations and hand spacings. When we look at the subjects they used, there were six men with a minimum of two years weight training experience. When we look at the characteristics of of these men, we see that they're aged 20 to 27 years old. They have a height of 171 to 184, a body mass of 77 to 93 kilos, and a biochromial diameter of 40 to 45. So we we were a bit curious about biochromial diameter and what's what's sort of an equivalent, like how big are these guys actually? And so Chris and I got out a tape measure <laughs> we had a measure of of our biochromial diameters ourselves which is essentially shoulder breadth how broad are the shoulders 
And so we found for myself, I'm 45 centimeters, was it, Chris? That's right. Yep. And Chris was a pretty spectacular 55 centimeters across. I would say in a track and field world, I'm a particularly broad man. Uh, But, you know, you wouldn't want to sit next to him on a bus because you don't get any room. (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. So we look at these participants and we see the largest athlete here is about my size, which I I really don't consider myself large at all. I would overall, I would sort of look at these lifters and think that they're of intermediate sort of size in relation to weight training men, which for two years of experience, probably appropriate. That's right. And we would look at the procedure they did here. In the week prior to the testing, the maximum presses were obtained for each subject under each condition. And when we look at this here, the different positions that they had was a trunk inclination of a decline, horizontal, incline, and vertical. Uh, what are they talking about here when they say decline and incline? Because I understand horizontal, perfectly flat, vertical, perfectly vertical. Uh, but what, what were those incline and decline numbers they used? The decline was 18% below horizontal, flat horizontal. Incline was 40 degrees above the horizontal and the vertical was just a plain military press, assuming that's at 90 degrees. Sure, that makes perfect sense. The two hand spacings here on the barbell were used from the inside of the index finger and they were at 100 and 200% of biochromal diameter, where 100% would be close grip, and 200% would be the wide grip. Right. So if you put your hands out in front of you, and I know you're listening to this on a podcast and probably in a not the best place, but maybe you're, you're sitting in the car or something, but if you just stick your hands in front of you and you put your index finger in line with the edge of your shoulders, that's what they're using as a normal grip. And then double that distance across for the wide grip, which we both looked at these for our own using the tape measure that we pulled out. And they seem relatively appropriate for conventional and wide grip bench pressing. And typically for an academic study, I think it's an easy way of quantifying distances. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Nice to say that 100%, 200%. And for all the presses, the path of the bar was done in a Smith machine. And when you look at their 1RMs here, you can actually see that, well, we know that free weight, you tend to lift more than in a Smith machine. And in a decline, they were stronger than in a horizontal, which are stronger than an incline and a vertical. And they were pressing probably around on average at about 105 kilos for decline and just a little bit less for horizontal. Right, and across the board there, we see greater numbers for that wide grip than for the narrow grip. So after they've done all the testing, so that's a fair bit of testing they've done. You've asked four maximal tests. Uh, eight. Yes. Eight. Yeah, eight, because they had to do both the wide and the narrow. That's a lot of pressing. That is a lot, yeah. And then during the experimental trials, they used 80% of the predetermined maximum in each of the conditions. So you would assume there that you've actually got quite a large EMG activity going on in the muscle area. And moving on to the muscle sites that they used, they used an EMG over the bellies of the sternocostal head of the pec major, the clavicular head of the pec major, the anterior deltoid, the long head of the triceps brachii, and the lat dorsi. Right, so you've got both heads of the pecs, your tries, your delts, and your lats. All right, so if we have a look at the EMG results that were observed from the study, we see that the greatest EMG in the sternocostal head of the pectoralis major, so that's the bottom head of the pec major, we see the largest EMG in the horizontal position for both wide and narrow grip. As well, there's typically greater EMG activation in the sternocostal head of the pec major with a wide grip. The exception for this is in the decline press, where the narrow grip actually had a greater sternocostal activation than the wide grip. 
And that might be because the sternocostal head is in already a little bit more of a contracted position at the beginning of the decline press. With respect to the clavicular head, so that's the top part of the pec major, concerning the inclination alone, a significant increase in the activity of the clavicular head of the pec major was evident in the transition from the decline all the way through to the incline press, whereupon a vertical military press, it was at its lowest EMG activity. A main effect of hand spacing was also evident with the narrow grip eliciting significantly greater activity than the wide grip. That's quite interesting. So it looks like the bro science has it at least partially correct. With the incline press, you're certainly getting more of an effect on the clavicular head of the pectoralis major, whereas with the horizontal press, you get more of an effect on the sternocostal head of the pectoralis major. And I think with bro science, I would typically say you would go to more of a decline type position for that. That's true. So it's not quite correct. You're not actually getting more of an effect on the sternocostal with the decline. You get it the best in the flat. Although I think that that could be, you know, when you're in the horizontal position, you can put your pec on much more of a stretch in that position. I think that's why we see the reversal in all the other lifts. The wide grip gets you better sternocostal head activation, whereas with the decline, you oddly get more of a activation with the narrow grip compared to all the others. With respect to the anterior deltoid, better activity is actually seen in the vertical military press in both a wide and a narrow grip. That's particularly why we do a military press or otherwise known as a shoulder press. And the next best exercise is doing incline bench press using a wide grip, followed by a narrow grip. So here we see here, the more inclined we go in the position of the torso, you know, the more activity we're gonna get in the anterior deltoid despite the decrease in weight. Right, I think this might be a little bit behind the reason why my powerlifting coach always advised that instead of doing the barbell military press, that actually we would do a log press for overhead because it more mimicked the movement of the deltoid and the triceps more similarly to the bench press rather than the typical barbell military press. So less bench pressing, more shoulder pressing in the weightlifting world. Exactly, yep. You have to do a lot more of that overhead. And also that makes sense in terms of development of that overhead strength for for your overhead stability. So finally, we'll examine the long head of the triceps brachii. Uh, What we see with that is, as predicted, the narrow grip has an overall main effect for a greater activation of the triceps across the board. However, interestingly, the greatest EMG for the triceps is discovered in the horizontal or flat press. Well, I think that maybe might have been a little bit up in the air because with the overhead, you know, you, you have less contribution from the pack, but that's really just a large reason why you can move so much more weight with the horizontal press than you can with the vertical. I think they had about 100, 105 for the flat press, whereas they looked like they were pushing maybe 60 for the vertical press. And the fifth and last muscle group is lat dorsi. And once again here, I think potentially bro science may have it wrong again. What it did show here that the decline press using a wide grip did have the greatest EMG activity, but it actually said it was very low across all conditions. There was a really short burst of activity just prior to the start of the lift in that decline position, but significant interactions were found when both inclination and hand spacings were considered. When you look at the figure in the paper, as I said, is the decline for both wide and narrow grip show greater activity, but it's just a short burst. It's not long enough for any kind of significance. And look, potentially that could be a relationship also of the Smith machine versus free weight, you know, because you're actually able to just sit in there and, and push away as opposed to the stabilizing factor associated with free weight. Building on what Chris said, if we look at the millivolt seconds product for the lats versus the other exercises, we see that the greatest value seen in that millivolt second product 
is 0.06 as opposed to easily up to 1.6 in other measures that we've seen there. So it's so transient, it's so small that it's essentially barely noticeable. So although, yes, there is a statistically significant difference between the decline and the incline press, pressing is not a good lap movement at all. If you think that your decline bench press is going to grow your lats because the decline does activate the lats more than the incline, you're going to have a tiny back for the rest of your life. Maybe that's why you do a lat pull down. Just put it out there. Yeah, could be. Might be in the name. So in the end here, there's an excellent table. If you go ahead and pull up the article, you'll see table two, effects of trunk inclination on EMG activities. It points out each of the four muscles that were actually significant, so we're not including the lats here, and it shows which one had the maximum versus the minimum there. And we see that for both the sternocostal head of the pectoralis major, as well as the long head of the triceps brachii, the horizontal bench is by far the most effective. That's why we do the horizontal bench as our main pressing movement, as opposed to the vertical incline or decline. Overall, the horizontal bench gives you the most bang for your buck. However, if you would like to work on your clavicular head of your pectoralis major, the incline press is best for that. Not the vertical press itself, but you do want to get a bit of an incline. So between flat and vertical, do your incline press for the clavicular head. And then, of course, for the anterior deltoid, your vertical press is going to get you the best results. Therefore, if you put in a session together, you could potentially look at your major primary movement where you're doing your big loads. Could be horizontal bench press potentially looking at using a wider hand spacing. So that will hit the sternocostal head of the pec major. Then you can move on to some incline dumbbell press, maybe with a hammer grip to get a little bit more triceps, right. but more so to hit the clavicular head. And then just to finish off a little bit of anterior deltoid, you could do barbell or just a machine shoulder press using nice high reps. Because it seemed to show that although vertical was your best, it was also military press was also quite significant in terms of increasing EMG activity of the anterior deltoid. You could use all those activities, put it in together. If you want a little bit more triceps, you could finish off with some good old-fashioned tricep extensions on the cable machine. I was going to jump in at the end in there and say, oh, you, you definitely need an extra exercise of triceps there. You can never have too much triceps, but you beat me to it. Yeah, therefore you can hit all the major areas, have a really good chest day, get total development of the body. Right, and if we're talking overall just about what should a push session be, because I think that's a relatively good segue into really the rest of our knowledge, I, I think a very important exercise to have in there is some external rotation. Yep. Yep, some, definitely some external rotation, as well as you want to round out your deltoids, do a little bit of rear deltoid work. So you can either do bent over reverse flies or something along those lines. Maybe, Maybe. band pull parts. Those are great. We should find a review on pulling activities on EMG. Well, that would be fair, but you know, bench pressing is just so much more important. Well, that's right. Who cares about what you can yeah. do for chin up? Nah, we're not doing it. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your audience and all of your support. Please comment on the website. Give us a couple of ratings on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. And we're thinking as well, finding other ways to get more audience engagement. We would love for you guys to jump in a bit more. So whatever recommendations that you have, please just send us a message on social media. Please visit our sponsor at eliteform.com. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chris. My pleasure.